Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. We are looking at the Old Testament this morning, Judges 6, verses 11 through 16. If you'd like to join in your pew Bible, that's going to be on page 213. I invite you to join in your Bible or on your phone as we read together Judges 6, 11 through 16, the call of Gideon. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Gideon answered him, But sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us into the hand of Midian. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. I hereby commission you. He responded, But sir, how can I deliver Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in the family. The Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike down the Midianites, every one of them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Indeed. Good morning, church. I'm Adam Seat, lead pastor here at Orange, and I am thankful that you have chosen to spend this time with us together as we worship God this morning. Let's go to God in prayer. Gracious God, as we come into this place today, we come giving thanks, for you have called us and we have heard. You have called us forth, and we have responded. And so as we are here, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. That as we share in this gathering together, as we share in this time of worship, that we would be transformed into the disciples that you have called us to be. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would transform the words that proceed from our mouth, and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. In eastern North Carolina, if you're driving along Highway 70 heading east, as you get around the community of Princeton, North Carolina, on the right-hand side of the road, you will see something known as the Boone Hill Gallery. The Boone Hill Gallery is where this individual that lives there, he has taken his chainsaw and he'll find a stump of wood or a big log of wood. And with his chainsaw, he will make amazing creations. He will make all sorts of animals, wizards, uh, birds, 
bears. Have any of you seen this heading in Eastern? I see a few of those hands, yes. It's a really a beautiful thing that he's done. And you can he goes to different places. If somebody wants it right there in their yard, I, I have a picture that I found online where somebody had a tree that had to be cut down. And so as they had this stump in the ground, he came and he took his chainsaw. I don't know how he does it, but he took his chainsaw and he made a beautiful owl that's going to be there, right there in the yard for, for however long it lasts. I mean, who wouldn't want an owl? Just seeing, uh, always got to make sure you're paying attention. David's shaking his head. I'm sorry, David. I think it's amazing because I'm not that kind of creative person. I mean, this guy sees a stump of wood and he turns it into a sculpture. I see it as a stump of wood that probably just needs to be ground down to the ground. But he sees not what it is. He sees what it can be, what it can become. I love that. I wish I had that capacity to see something not just as it is, but as something that it can become. You know, God sees you not for what you are but for what God calls you to be. God calls you to be something more than just what we are. And that's why I think I love the story of Gideon in the scripture today. In the book of Judges, we see this cycle that is repeated over and over again. In the book of Judges, we see where the people of Israel will begin as obedient. They'll be obedient followers of God's word. But eventually, they will fall into sin, idolatry, or sinning against one another. And as they fall into idolatry or sinning, they will then, God allows them to be oppressed. Another army, another nation rises up against them and begins to oppress the people of Israel. Then they begin to realize that this is happening to them because they have fallen away from God. And so they will repent and cry out to God. And God hears them will raise up a judge, as is used, the term used in the book. But also another word could be used as a deliverer. And God will raise up a deliverer who then frees the people, and then they are obedient to God. But that cycle is consistently and repeatedly, it is repeated over and over again. Obedience, falling into sin, allowing God allows them to become oppressed. They cry out to God. God raises up a deliverer, and they're faithful. This cycle is over and over again. And we see that played out with Gideon in chapter 6 and verse 1 there. And what actually happens, the first line says how once again the people of Israel had fallen and done evil in the sight of the Lord. And so as they have fallen and done evil in the sight of the Lord, God has allowed the Midianite army to come and to begin to oppress the people. In fact, in the scripture that Pastor Corey read just a few moments ago, we have this moment where Gideon himself is in his father's wine press and he's beating out the wheat. He's having to do it there to make sure the Midianites do not come and to steal and take it from him. He's having to do this in secret, in hiding. And Gideon, you know... One of the neat things, especially in light of talking about the Boone Hill Gallery, the name Gideon literally means a hewer of wood. <laughs> I find that fascinating. But here in the story, as he's in the, his father's wine press, the Lord appears. An angel of the Lord appears. And the angel of the Lord says, 
The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You mighty warrior. That's fascinating. Because again, he's right here. He's, he's threshing wheat in his father's wine press undercover and hiding from the Midianites. And yet, God calls him a mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. And Gideon can't understand it. If the Lord is with us, how could all of this happen? How could we be oppressed in the way that we are? But the angel of the Lord says, go, go in strength. Go in your strength. Go in the Lord's strength and deliver Israel. Gideon, he feels like anything less than a valiant or mighty warrior. He feels like he's just from the smallest family, from the smallest tribe. In fact, he himself is the youngest as he protests back. But the angel of the Lord commissions him. He says, go, deliver Israel, and I will be with you. See, I love that here God sees Gideon not for who he is. God sees Gideon for who God has called him to be, who he can become. God doesn't see a stump. God sees a sculpture. God doesn't see the smallest. God saw a valiant warrior. My friend Corey Ward, he's been our worship leader at the Pathways Service. And having getting to, the opportunity to get to know Corey more and more over the past few months, I've learned a lot about his story. And I've learned about how he came to understand who God was calling him to be. And so as a part of this time that we're sharing together, I asked if Corey would come and to share his story with you so that we can hear once again how God doesn't see us how, as we are. God sees us for what he's calling us to be. Corey. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, like you said, my name is Corey Ward, and... Uh, for those that don't know, I lead worship over at Pathways, uh, but it truly is an honor to be here with you today um, and just share a little bit of my story. So I'm going to jump right into it. Um, as Gideon, he was the youngest, as Adam said. I'm the youngest of my family. He was also from a very small family. So am I. I can count on my hand, including uncles, all of the above. It was just a small amount of us. Growing up. So growing up, I felt like I didn't have much to bring to the world, much to offer. Um, not only that, a lot of people would assume or uh, even say to me that I, I wouldn't amount to much, that I couldn't do things that I could dream of or, or, or anything. The world wanted to bring me down, and so did a lot of people. <clears throat> and that's just true. Because I come from a small family that wasn't very wealthy, that there were times where I had to figure out how to eat, that I couldn't always wash my hair, I couldn't always have the right clothes to wear. But luckily, <clears throat> as I was getting older, I made friends, of course, and one of them I met in first grade, and until I was old enough to stay at his house with his family in third grade, uh, I would do so. I'd go stay at his house, and Friday nights, we would go to the skating rink. Anybody remember that? Oh, yeah. Man, I miss those days. <laughs> uh, I, I really do. Um, and then Saturdays, we would play video games, and uh, I would just have a blast with my friend. And then Sunday mornings, we'd wake up early and go to Sunday school, go to church. Now, this was foreign to me. 
I didn't know why we were waking up early. I was like, bro, we, we should be sleeping in. And uh, he's like, well, me and my family go to church. And I was like, all right, well, cool. So we went to church, and I did this for many, many years. And uh, as I did, I made new friends at church. I learned a little bit. I would, I would do what most people did when they were young. I'd slightly listen, and then I'd start to doodle or play games or tic-tac-toe with my neighbor, my friend. That's just the truth. That's how it was when I was growing up. And, uh, I, but still, God's word still attracted me. Every now and then, I'd hear something like, oh, what does that mean? What is that character of God? I need to know more. <clears throat> As I grew up doing that, around 14, close to 15, a new student pastor came into town. Now, as the world, as you can see, I'm pretty small. I was a smaller kid. So going to church, when I talked about I couldn't always wash my hair, the times that I would go with my friend um, and I, I couldn't stay with him because I would use his shampoo, I would borrow his clothes, uh, I couldn't always wash my hair. And I'd have to wear some of my stepdad's clothes. Now, little old me, imagine, I'm already small. <laughs> little old me wearing a six-foot uh, person's clothing to church. And sometimes, whenever I had the greasiest of hair, and uh, still to this day, probably do some days, uh, I would wear a hat to church, and I'd wear those baggy clothes. Just to be honest with you, I get a lot of looks. I get a lot of looks and a lot of judgment. And I didn't feel that welcomed to be honest with you, but I knew something was there. I knew I had to be there. I knew there was a reason. And when that student pastor came into town, all he did was love me where I was. And if he were standing here today, he would tell you that I was a lost, scraggly puppy. I don't even know if that's a word, but I made it up. <laughs> but that's what he would tell you. And that was very true. I was lost. Every day was survival. I was a bad kid. I'm talking bad kid. I grew up, like I said, just we weren't wealthy. Uh, I got into things I shouldn't at an early age. Um, and I just, I didn't feel worthy even to be there, but I knew, again, had to be there. So my student pastor met me where I was, and he just was there. He loved me where I was. And that blew my mind. Even so, that when all of the students would go out to eat. He knew I couldn't pay for it. He'd pay for it. When all of my friends were going to this amazing summer camp, he'd make sure I could go, even though it cost a lot of money for, it, for us to go. He just did it without me asking. And you know why? He saw something in me. Just as God saw something in Gideon, my student pastor at that time, saw something in me that I could not see in myself. Because the only thing I saw in myself was worthless, not worthy to be doing anything of church matter or anything of that. But he kept loving me where I was. And, you know, he asked questions like, what do you like to do? What's your favorite food? So on, so on. And of course, I said, I love to play and sing music and all of that. He said, oh, yeah? And he had questions if I was good. And I was like, yeah, man. He was like, well, learn these songs, play them for me, and maybe you can play in the student band. And I was like, yes. Super nervous, but I was excited. I wanted that opportunity. And he gave me that opportunity. Again, because he saw something in me. And I still, in the middle of it, did not understand what it was or why. <clears throat> 
So that's what I did. I learned songs and I started playing. And as I grew in my faith and grew in my, my relationship with him, I was like, man, why did you care for me? You have kids of your own. Why did you care for me? Why did you love me? He said, because I was called to love others and God put you in my path. And I knew and I saw something in you that I knew God saw and I just had to help you see it too. Now I'll cry, so forgive me. I'm emotional if you don't know. <laughs> so I have to laugh to not cry. Um, so yeah, so he saw something in me and gave me opportunity, opportunity, and he kept loving me and meeting me where I was in life. A lost puppy that had no clue what I was doing, that needed someone in my life to care. So with that, now obviously I'm called to music, but I believe that it goes a little bit deeper. I feel that God has called me to do exactly what my student pastor did, to do exactly what God did with Gideon. He's called me to love others where they are, to try and see people how God sees people, and to help people truly find that authenticity and worship through music, through relationships, and just be a genuine person. If I'm sad, you're going to know I'm sad. If I'm tired, you're going to know I'm tired. Because that's who God's called me to be as a person. And then using music to connect with people. Because music is universal. Music was created by God. If you did not know, now you know. So he gave me that gift. But it is just a small part of the calling that he gave me. So much more. And as I continue to continue to grow in my faith, God called me to church work. To be a part of church. And just to be honest with you, uh, I was hurt by churches. And that may be your story. You might, maybe not now, maybe you, maybe you have been. Maybe you were the person that couldn't always wash their hair. Or had the right clothes. Or have the right words. I don't talk great all the time, see? But... It's the heart that God sees, even when we don't see it in ourselves. So what he's called me to do is love those that can't wash their hair. Love those that can't always dress or have it all together or have the right words to say. To connect with people with authenticity and true love, even when I don't understand it. One of my favorite uh, scriptures is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Do not lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will make straight your paths. Guys, I don't know how in the world I'm here, but I know it's because God saw something in me, and he had a calling for me, and he had a purpose for me. And I'm grateful that someone else, that God anointed, saw that same thing. He saw that same thing. And I believe, as I've been hurt by churches, and maybe some of you have too, it is our calling as a church and people to do the same thing. Now, you might have a specific gift and calling like music or serving and greeting and being a part of the church, but my whole thing is growing up, I did not feel worthy. And many people made me feel that same way. And it's not to their fault. It's just the life and, that I had growing up. And the family that I was a part of, the smallest family, 
the youngest of the family, just like Gideon. But just like Gideon, God saw something in him. And I needed somebody to see that in me, to be able to even stand here in front of you today. I'm still nervous. Uh, it's a nervous thing right now, you know? Um, but I'm very grateful um, to be here and that God called me because without a relationship with God today, I don't know where I'd be. Truly. I may not be on this earth if I did not meet him. And with that, I had to trust him with those callings even when I did not understand. Is this catching on with anybody? Am I just landing anywhere? Because the truth is, here's what I know. Statistically, all of us have been hurt at some point in this room. But what has God called you to do? Even when you feel at your lowest, God still sees you at your best. I promise you. Because he did it for me. I'll close with this because I can be chatty. That's why I have this little iPad. <laughs> um, so when God called me into music, he called me into those other things to be a person that is after his heart, but to be genuine and to love others as he loves. And as I said, I've been called into churches. I believe we are all called to be worshipers. It's not just music. Worship is not just music. It is spending time with God, spending time in the word, prayer. I believe we're all called to love like my student pastor loved. To meet people where they are, even when it's uncomfortable. Even when we don't understand it, but we see something in it. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, like I never thought I'd be here today in this room talking with you guys. So it is a blessing and an honor. And uh, with that, I'm very grateful. And I just want to encourage you and challenge you to make sure that when God, well, two things. Know that God sees more than your failures or your upbringing or anything that you can tell yourself or the enemy wants to tell you that you're no good, that you're not good enough. Know that God sees more than you can ever see in yourself. Until the day you see him face to face, he will let you know. But secondly, anybody that wants to tell you that you can't, that's not God. And find those other people that maybe you can encourage, just like I was encouraged. If you see something in someone, love them like Jesus did. Love them like God loves and meet them where they are. So that's my encouragement, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So <laughs> thank you guys for having me so much. Thank you, Corey. I, I love that because somebody saw something in Corey that he couldn't see in himself. And God sees something in you that we ourselves cannot yet see. We may look in the mirror, we may look at our lives and see a stump, <laughs> but God sees a sculpture. The way God looks upon us is different than what we do. But for us to become that which God has called us to be, it requires a series of steps. It requires work for us to reach that point of becoming that which God has called us to be. And the first thing that we've got to do is accept that God sees more in you 
than you see in yourself. In our Wesleyan understanding of grace, we call this actually prevenient grace, a grace that goes before, a grace that comes to us before we are in fully in that relationship with God. God offers us that prevenient grace because God sees us for what we can be, not for just who we are, but for who God is calling us to be. And God didn't just pay the price of the blood of Jesus Christ for us to remain a stump. God calls us to become that which he has intended us to become. Kind of like the church. The church is called to be able to continue to grow, not just to be a gallery that remains stagnant. We are called to be a people that see the world for what it can be. And so we accept that first, that provenient grace. We accept that we are in need of that love. But then when we enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ, we then ask God to begin to shape us. And that requires work. That requires work for us to do. And again, in our Wesleyan term, we refer to this as justifying grace. When we are justified by God, we're made right with God. And this is a series of work that we continue to do as we enter into that relationship. It takes the work and effort for us to continue to move forward. You know, I think about it. If we say that we want to lose weight, God's not suddenly going to say, there you go. It's not the way it works. If we want to lose weight, we're going to have to watch our diet. We're going to have to change the way that we exercise and live. And the same way, if we are to become what God intends us to become, it's going to take work. It's going to be decisions that we make. It's going to take action. For us to live into that which God, God has called us to be. And then, every day, every day allow God to continue to be putting those finishing touches on our lives. In the hands of God, we become a new creation. There's always more sanding and polishing and refining to be done. Until we join that great cloud of witnesses, there will always be work to be done and we call this, in our Wesleyan understanding, sanctifying grace. That is, we're going on to perfection. Right. And that takes steps for us to be able to become that image that God has intended. It takes work, such as rededicating ourselves to Christ. Or joining a small group where we can lean upon one another to help hold one another accountable. To serve within the church, to serve within our community. This is a part of our living out of our faith so that we can truly become that image that God sees that we can be. God didn't see Gideon as a stump the way that I would. God saw Gideon for the sculpture he could become. God didn't see him as the smallest. He saw him as a mighty warrior. And when God looks upon you, he doesn't see you for all the shortcomings that we put upon ourselves. God sees you for what God is calling you to be. So go, go be that valiant, mighty warrior that God has called us to be like Gideon. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the ways that you do call us. And even though there have been those times that maybe we have ignored that call, even though we haven't even believed it or understood it to be for us. Lord, you do not stop. 
And we might try to run and run and run, but you never stop. So thank you. Maybe we're here in this space today just to be reminded that you've called us to something more than what we see ourselves as. You've called this church to be something more than what we are. You've called us to be a people who look upon this world the way that you do. And when you look upon this world, you author love. And there is nothing that can separate us from your love. And so may we accept that love. And may we step into this faithful journey of answering that call, living into who you have called us to be. So that others, like Corey, might hear that they are a beloved child of God, even when they may not believe it themselves. God, we offer this up today. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.